Welcome back to the Good Alliance podcast with your host Alicia Solomon and Megan Hines. And this is a show where we talk all things to challenge. And at this point, I think we said it last week, this is hard to get through. This week, I really laughed throughout this whole episode. Um, I had to stop and pause it. I really watched it on Wednesday, then stopped it. Then watched it again today. I had to stop and pause about the whole thing because the Titanic just broke iceberg and it's a lot going on so we're going to get into this week's episode where we come back after emmy's elevation win against patina and she was really talking up her pining to go back to being in a situation of ct because you know they are partners before they end up in teams and she's like i'm really glad to be back to ct where ct goes i go and i'm like cool but just know you gotta pull up your weight because he ain't gonna carry you like he said last week and then Kyle also brought up to Logan a lot of things about Amanda because Amanda also had to go to Ruby in exchange for Emmy. And he basically told Logan to take caution and control her well. First off, you cannot control Amanda. Amanda's going to march to beat her own drum. In this episode, she has become an agent of chaos and I love it. And they just have to deal with it. But what I didn't like throughout this whole like conversation with him and Logan and then like Nelson and Corey got their two cents and about her and Nelson and Kyle they're talking all while Amanda was like literally a few feet away from them and she heard everything and she was like bet I got something for y'all because y'all can treat me like a shit player but but I'm gonna act like one because I'm not but I'm gonna act like one to y'all in these babies in terms of Amanda I think that she's shown time after time she's not really the one to be fucked with and I think that this situation that she's now in where she's on Ruby honestly onto her advantage being on this team because she is the one I like they're in charge but they're really not it's really Amanda Amanda has the tactical skills to get over in every way she possibly can so them being funny you know it's cute but Amanda is not the one like even with Nelson he was like oh like I've known her forever but she's toxic and I don't think she takes the challenge seriously i hate the t- the fakeness because they're your friends that you've known her forever they literally did already the one together and they came in on the challenge together on rivals three and they flopped they were arguing but at, over time has gone they've been on the challenge together they've had a good friendship he even called her his little sister but now all of a sudden when it comes to this game she's toxic she doesn't know what she's doing she's a weak player like Corey said she was weak and like she has gone toe-to-toe with some of y'all in a at one point when she was of Zach on Final Reckoning and she has connections in the house as well like I don't understand how the flip-flop is happening with Nelson especially because he knows Amanda and this also happened like with Ashley on a reunion last season and I'm just like are y'all friends or are you trying to just play up something that's not real I'm gonna go with the ladder for 200 because they have no drama so they literally have to like you see it's it's so evident in those where you can tell that it's filmed and they're just trying to get a narrative they're literally trying to create storylines as they go because now people are on when they think that they're friends and they're not and it's just bad tv to be honest i'm just gonna flat out say they're not doing a great job at selling the story at selling what they want to sell and especially with the storyline i don't believe you you need more people and the only other person he has is Corey. and i don't believe you two niggas so it's just bad TV. yeah because like Corey called her the weakest girl which is to my standards i wouldn't say she's a weak I'm not going to go back into that whole weak girl conversation, but she's a lot of the girls that are still in the game. They have their strong shoots, and I wouldn't put Amanda as the weakest person. Weakest person, actually, I'm going to say, is Nani, and she's getting carried on that rule. That's it. And he proceeded to talk, say that she never made a final and doesn't win anything. But even if she didn't make, make a final, she still won dailies. And the daily record, like I mentioned earlier, is much better than theirs. But I'm excited to see how Amanda continues to be an Asian of chaos in this episode because she is going to take no shit. And the Ruby Cell has 
their work cut out for them um, moving forward because it's literally going to be a mess like it was in this series challenge, which we'll get to um, in a little bit. But after that, like the day after, they end up having a pool party. And before then, CT, Emmanuel, and Devin, they're prepping the food. CT was one of the main people on the grill, but he was prepping the meats and stuff. And he had to ask Emmanuel that they have hamburgers in um, Romania. And Emmanuel went on to talk about a tradition about sacrificing a pig and kids taking photos of it. And I was confused. I'm just going to say it. This was one of the segments that I I casually watched. So what you're saying is CT asked if they have burgers in Romania. Yes. As if to say what? Them niggas don't have cows out there? To say if they had um, like cookout they were having. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, so he's asking about cookouts. That's what I think he was, like, but the way that okay. it trans, the way that it proceeded, Emmanuel <laughs> talking about this sacri- sacrificing of the pig and the tradition they have out there, and the correlation wasn't there for me, and I was like, this is not a story that I would expect coming from a conversation about hamburgers. That was it. Okay, all right, cool. Because I-, I was just about to be like, what are you talking about? Like, I know that other countries don't eat the way we do. However, they still have animals yeah (laughs) in every country so at the party emmanuel also expressed the fact that he hasn't seen a donation grounds this whole season and that's strictly due to his strategy which it's him playing smart and being partnered with casey because no one's gonna touch her and they were beasting in the comps and they were winning at times too so no one was really gonna touch him also he's politicking with tori and that's also keeping him still the game emmanuel and tori was honestly cringeworthy. They were not funny. It just was so contrived. The whole snake plumber scenario that they were trying to drum up, they were literally hooking up in the bathroom. It was just so weird to watch. This was the only thing that y'all had to provide to us. Like, this was it. This was a moment that y'all thought was, this was it. Again, when they're having moments that can literally, in past seasons, be in the bloopers, as actual moments on the regular show, it just goes to show how much content that they don't have or that the things that they're trying to create are just not clicking. And it's just hard to watch. And like, it's grasping for straws for storylines, like we're saying, because like, we don't need to see that, like, at all. And I I do not know, I don't know about story again, but like, whenever she's with somebody, he takes a lot of personality and... (laughs) That's what it's giving, and that's that's all I'm gonna say about that. But Josh and Logan, they're having a bonding experience, talking in Spanish for the most part, and just talking about the game and just their experience so far being the show, whatever. And Josh was talking about how like he's in a place where like he's in a stronger alliance and they've been doing so well so far in this season. He's also made a new friend in Logan. And this is where I start to see the rules turning because I know it was already an issue when Corey was being friendly with the Rickies. And now that Logan is one of the only Rickies left, Josh has become his new bestie and it's just funny to me how like at first don't talk to the rickies like that don't get close to them but because rickies do the bidding they get close to them and this is what we have so in this situation i can see josh's side in terms of him being with logan i think for a lot of the international players to say the least they had a hard they had a hard time interpreting you know, the English that was happening on the set of the show and having someone to speak your native language, it helps tremendously. So I'm sure that throughout the time of the show that we probably didn't see Josh and Logan were connecting. So it's not just like popping up on us now that we're just now seeing it on this episode. I mean, I would give Josh that credit for that. I think in terms of when it comes down to him and Corey's beef, he just didn't make any sense in terms of trying to justify him not picking Logan and picking him when he's always had the mentality of protecting the people that he has the connection with with the most. And Josh, he literally fought his brother this season, okay? So Josh literally can't pick a side. He doesn't know what side to fall on because there are no sides with Josh. It's just one big circle of a mess. And pick a side because your argument doesn't stand up at all. Yeah, because... (laughs) I'm just like, everything is for his game. And that's what he said in the relation later on. But it's just like, so what is actually your game? 
that's my question because it's it's giving nothing that's it so speaking of Corey he is talking to Nelson just about the state of the house and they're talking about how people are preparing for war and just waiting to see who takes the first shot out of that again and Corey mentions that Josh is moving very shady and he doesn't think that Josh has his best interest at heart within his vet alliance which at this point I would think the vet alliance is off because they threw shots at each other earlier in the season. So this red alliance that they've been trying to stick to at this point, it should be over, but they're still holding on to it for some reason. I don't know what the purpose of it is either. And we they get further into it when they get to the deliberation part of the, the episode. But again, it's just everyone with their own interests. I wish they would just really stop trying to harp on people having alliances or one big colluded alliance when it, it really isn't that. It's just people with their own agendas that's it like the only actual alliance in this house at this moment is the whole emerald self because they're trying to keep each other together that's the only actual alliance that's happening and then aside from like the besties in Corey and nelson and besties in amanda and ashley but that's really it there's nothing else that's really another alliance it's really just the emerald self agenda to stay together while everybody else just implodes Okay, so when the Daily Mission alarm goes off and the sirens and the lights go off and it's the morning time and people are getting ready, Big T was having her breakfast and her own pizza. And here comes Tori, Josh, yelling breakfast of losers in her face while she's eating her donuts by herself, chilling. Then she tries to call Corey over for help and he gets in on the chant as well. And he even smacks the donut out of her hand and was like, can y'all leave her alone? Like, it ain't that serious. It's just donuts. Yeah, I did see that commentary that they were bullying her. Honestly, mind your own business. Like, she's eating her food. Let her eat her food. I don't understand what the problem was. Big T and her body was shown later on or I think prior when they had the cookout and she had, you know, her swimsuit on. Her body looked amazing. I don't want to hear anything about her eating a donut. She had like fruit in the plate too. It wasn't like she just was eating uh, donuts. Like she had what I think is a balanced meal. She had fruit and sweets. I mean, hello, like let her eat her food how she wants to eat. That's none of your business what she's consuming the whole josh and tori part of it whatever like they're making fun of her all right whatever but Corey literally smacking the food out of her hand like you took it too far sir now you taking it too far that's just rude yeah because like i and i like my food nobody should touch my food like no matter what if y'all in my face first of all i don't like y'all in my face that's first off secondly you in my face yelling i don't like that Thirdly, don't touch my food. If I was Big T, I would have snapped, but in the moment, a lot of things are going on. But I would have noted that and probably came back to that later and addressed it with them. Like, hey, that wasn't cool. And I wish you expect my boundaries in my space. Facts. Because, and then I feel like they really do not bully her. I wouldn't say that, but they just harp on her a lot. And it's just, it's not funny when they do it either. And it just, to me, it just reads as a, a different undertone, which, you know, as... <laughs> two women of color it doesn't sit right with me but that's why i won't go so far as to call it bullying but and Corey, out of all people like come on now come on we we don't uh, what what what's the what's the phrasing what needs to be what's what's understood what's not said is understood or whatever bullshit yeah we're talking about when they, they man in jail or they don't have a they don't have pictures of their man on their facebook or ig they be like what's not said don't need to be understood that's what Corey gives Corey gives very much that energy yeah and we we know why we know why we really do we sure do okay okay <laughs> So, okay, in the words of Michael from Love Island, you don't, it's from a different season from Priscilla's, but this is a guy named Michael. He had a memory called people childish, not childish, but childish. And that's what they was doing. And I am like that. I just wanted to say that. That's it. So at the daily mission, it is called Sunken Intelligence. And one team at a time, the cells have to unknot a 150-foot rope that is tied around a second shipwreck. And they have to clip the rope to the treasure chest that has their respective diamonds in them and transport the treasure chest and the diamond to their respective podiums. And the first team that hits the podium is the passes. person hits the podium with their diamond 
they win this win this daily and it's also a timed mission so first team to get it done the fastest they win this and the first team up is emerald and devin said that their strategy was to have emmanuel and josh be the first two to go out in the shore to find both ends of the rope while devin and tori go to one end and nani in case to go to another to try and get respectively all the ropes in accordance so that they can meet in the middle and be able to clip it to the chest and get to shore. In the process of that, they quickly realized that this knot is hella tangled and they had a little bit of a time to try and figure that out. I mean, it's easier when they have like 85 people on your team and the other people have three. So I mean, it. I know that it was a little bit, this one seemed a little bit more difficult for them to get through, but I mean, they ultimately got through it because they have, again, like seven people on their team still left over. And then the other team has like three. So I don't know why they continue to have their full team to be competing in these competitions in the dailies when the other team doesn't have the same amount of players. I feel like in past, they've had people sit out and let they choose whoever feels like they're best suited to run in that daily to continue it then the other teams you know go ahead as well so it's just weird yeah like to this day like i still don't know why people are not trying to infiltrate emerald because that will probably help make the teams at least a bit more even for the most part probably it'll still be the same amount of people but like at least drive a wedge into it and make make them shook that i think that's also a thing and also because i feel like if if Kyle actually had a chance, he probably would have went to Emerald. Like, he had the chance. He didn't go to Emerald. He, no, he, went he to should CT. have went to Emerald. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't think any of them at this point up to now, I don't know what's going to happen further on, but up until this point, no one has had the balls to infiltrate them when they absolutely could have had the chance to. I don't see why it was so difficult for them to, if they went down and they won the elimination and came back, to infiltrate somewhere else. I get the Emmy. Uh, portion of it because she wanted to go with CT but Kyle definitely had a chance to go everyone is running behind CT and y'all don't need to be running behind CT y'all need to be running into the team that's beating y'all because now week after week everyone is getting beat by this team it's boring and now y'all are still stuck with them being the agency and y'all trying to fight for straws to trying to see which one other person is going to go down to the elimination yeah because like the guys can easily try and get Josh off of Emerald but I don't know why they're I don't know if they're scared. I know they're not scared, but I'm like, what, what's holding y'all back from doing that? Like, the, the Vet Alliance is dead, okay? It's, it's just dead. Just play the game as if it was not a Vet Alliance. Because at this point, it's most y'all still in the house. So I understand why y'all can't just play y'all all individual games at this point and just cause chaos. Nobody it's not chaos that. though. No one on that team. I don't. I don't know who on that team is like. To me, the one person to get. I know we saying Josh, but to me, the one person that can easily get infiltrated on that team and that team go to shambles is Devin. I feel yeah. like Devin is the foundation of the brains and how they move on that team. If someone was to infiltrate and move Devin, that team wouldn't be as great as they are anymore. So I just think that for their gameplay overall, it's not adding up. For these people to be playing this long in this in this series and not know at this point, this is the third week in a row that we see how this team has played. Well, it's just funny. We'll get into Devin's part in this whole thing later on. <laughs> but they ended up figuring it out at one point, obviously, because they had the bodies to do it. But after getting the rope loose and trying to transport this treasure chest, the carabiner came off. And so I was like, ooh, I thought I'd give him some time off to, you know, try and, like, give other people a chance. Because, like, at this point, like we said, they need something to get them out of here. But they had that little moment. They figured it out. They ended up just having folk just carry it to shore. And then they got the emerald on the podium. And next is Sapphire. And Ashley knew <laughs> she was laughing. I was laughing at this. But she was like, I know Kyle. <laughs> on a chopping block and he was like what and CT was just standing there because you know if they lost Kyle was definitely like a top option to go down into the nation and CT was just standing there like I'm cool I'm chilling but Kyle kind of came through a little bit in this part of the daily because he got the first side of the rope unattached and it was looking great so far 
until we saw Emmy just not doing it. And it looked like literally looked like a fish out of water because she didn't know what to do. It was interesting to see these four try to communicate and especially the dynamic with Ashley and Kyle where they just lack communication at all and they were just ultimately yelling at each other and arguing. I don't know still why CT is is so safe, but we'll move on. Emmy, I mean, she just wanted to ride CT's back, so let's see how that goes. I don't have nothing else for Emmy. I don't I would rather not talk about her. And yeah, <laughs> that's it. But like while she was like not doing much, she wasn't like literally a fish out of water. CT was looking at her like I'm not your free ride, so to unravel this rope, because we ain't about to be the last part, last team to be done with this. Then, at one point, Kyle was tightening the rope instead of loosening it, so that's when we saw Ashley, like, yelling at Kyle, like, hey, get this shit right, loosen it, don't tighten it, get back in the water, and he was like, I'm not a fish boy. Oh, okay. I feel like, you know what, he's right. With those teeth, <laughs> he's a shark boy. Got it. <laughs> It's giving adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Those okay. Two. All right. Those two. <laughs> I was gonna say he's um Daddy Shark since he's supposed to be dad. <laughs> um, but I mean like the arguing to me, it wasn't that counterproductive to me because like they're still trying to like get through it. And she was like, actually the only person trying to be a local leader to me. That's what I saw in this in this group. Cause CT was being a muscle, he don't really talk much and mess like he feels like he needs to. And in this sense, Ashley took it upon herself to try and like manage and see what needs to be done. And that was that for me. I really just thought of her as being a local leader because like CT was well, probably most likely letting her take the reins and like saying what to do. Well, Kyle was just trying to do whatever and Emmy just there. And then we had the Ruby cell. And this, <laughs> I was laughing at during this whole part of this challenge because to start off they were all fired up you know they were all excited to get through this first challenge together but quickly Logan pushed Amanda out of the way because he was like I'm not trying to deal for it so I'm gonna push her out the way and tell her not to do nothing that's the first strike okay because they pushed her out the way and she's like okay bet I was gonna sit here and enjoy the scenery that's what I'm gonna do and uh, she proceeded to sit on the boat at one point, like she was on the Titanic, and she was trying to be, be on her rose tip. Nelson and Corey were not having it. I don't know what she should have did more at that point, because the only thing she could have done was gone underwater and pulled the rope. However, she was doing it from the top, which was, which is what she was told to do. So it's not like Amanda set out to not do anything and really just give us jokes the whole time. I don't think that was Amanda's goal. Amanda literally asked and said, what do you guys need me to do? And Logan proceeded to say, just step to the side and let us work. And that's what happened. And Amanda did pull her weight in terms of pulling the rope when she had the opportunity. I think that everyone started to get frustrated on her team once they realized what they really told her to do, which was sit on the side and watch them work. And then once they see that she's actually watching them work, they get frustrated because she's not working. Well, which one is it? You can't have it both. Like you told (laughs) her one thing and then now another thing happens and Corey's huffing and puffing and throwing rope this one's frustrated nelson's yelling at her it's just it's so much happening when it should have just been communicated at first what everybody was going to do you had ample time to see exactly how to move you guys went last so it's not like y'all didn't know what y'all were putting yourselves into when y'all were doing a challenge y'all could have talked about it and had strategy before and said this is what we need you to do this is what you this is and when they were in the confessional at the beginning nelson was like well logan is our swimmer and this one is this that's that that was the plan that y'all had oh okay so now when the plan is executed now everybody don't know what to do and it's like oh you're not even doing nothing i mean it's freaking frack what do you expect Logan being the swimmer is not part of the is not like part of the plan like yes swimming to it to help at the time however the whole point of this challenge is to unravel the knots that's the point of it and just having her just be on on surface and trying to pull it but also at one point <laughs> not doing anything which i was laughing at the whole time because i'm like this is funny <laughs> to me and just seeing nelson and Corey get riled up about it i was like 
y'all did this. It's y'all fault for telling her not to do as much. Y'all did that yourselves. By doing that, they shot themselves in the foot with this challenge. And because, like, they had the second most people, 14. It was five of them compared to, like, Arrow's seven still. And then Sapphire's four. Like, something could have been worked out in the beginning, like you said. Like, hey, we all need to do this and this and this. But no. And that's also no actual leader. Like, Corey can say he's a, he's a leader on his Ruby, but it's a blind lean the blind on this. Because if you can't get your shit together, the team is going to fall apart. And that's how it's been for Ruby since the beginning. I mean, pretty much. Corey decided to take the mantle of being the quote-unquote leader for this team. And so far, he's done his shit job. I mean, they haven't done well besides Kyle's fuck-up two weeks ago. The team really hasn't done well because there is no actual communication in terms of what they are doing. And I think Corey doesn't need to lead anybody. He needs to lead himself. Nelson as well. You know, Big T, she did what she needed to do. It wasn't like she wasn't doing anything. She was holding her own. Logan as well. These are not people that that can't hold their own weight. I don't understand why Corey needed to take it upon himself or Nelson too. They needed to take it upon themselves to make it seem like like there was extra motivation that was needed to be bestowed upon their other teammates. It really wasn't. If you guys all just came up with a plan, y'all would have been fine. But funny thing is, they were second, like really close to Emerald <laughs> in the end. So I'm like, the chaos worked. Y'all was still close, but y'all ain't went. Like at one point, if it has to be an extra push and more communication to help push it forward to actually get the win because at least emerald they had the whole plan and they communicated like we said these two dumb and dumber they can't communicate with everybody it's like okay uh, me and me and us are gonna do this y'all try to follow along that's not leadership that's not communication so like i said ruby and emerald they were the top two teams um they were really close in time as well but Emerald had the edge on Ruby and they ended up winning this challenge. Once again, winning another daily. And this is boring. So, <laughs> so back at headquarters, Emerald is celebrating their win and being loud and gloating as well. Ash feels like the eagle is to the roof and that's that on that. Like y'all be doing the most and it's inseparable. I missed the celebration, so I'm glad I did. Also, Devin mentioned it that like Corey and Logan are the ones to really be worried this week because they're in a movie and they're at the bottom of the totem pole. So one of them is about to be their vote. Might also just be picked picked out, but definitely they're the two targets for Emerald going into deliberation and whatnot. All right, so next up, we have the post-challenge party, and Corey and Josh have a conversation once um, about the state of what's going on between both of them, and at the end of it, Corey just knows he's going to be the one on the outs because it's been a brewing thing this whole time, and Josh literally said he's trying to protect William. That's it. This is where uh, Josh is... Decision making is questionable once again. For me, at well, yeah, Josh don't make no sense. Yeah. Uh, then Emerald had an impromptu strategy meeting talking about how someone may infiltrate, which spoiler alert, it doesn't happen. Okay. Sorry, it doesn't. But they talk about the possibility of it. And Tori said that like in the event that someone is infiltrated, they would have their they would basically have their back if they're on a different team and have them have to pick a litter for who they want to go into nation with. And they're still like really worried about that. I and mean, what is the point? I get her plan. Her plan, she said that if somebody tries to infiltrate, what they'll do is they'll just go to the other team, throw the challenge, and then put down whoever it is that they want to vote for to go into the elimination to come back to the team. Why? Why? Like, what is the point I get that they have been great together. I get that it's been a wonderful ride and they feel like they can just ride the wave until they get to the final. But for their games, does this make any sense to just continue to try to be on this one team or throw the challenge even? Like that whole scenario of them going to somebody else's team and then throwing that challenge to come back to the team again, for what? I I mean, it just went too much into... I don't know, the, the politics that Tori 
aligned with and, and just the rest of the team. I get Nani wants to be with Casey and ride that coattail. Josh wants to be with Casey and ride that coattail. Devin feels like he has strong people on his team with Casey and Tori uh, in terms of women on the challenge. I But it's just, this is whack. Like, it's whack. It's trash. It's garbage. I don't want to watch this. Like, that's boring. And it's too late in the game for that to even be done, to be honest. Like, if this, if this season was strictly a three-team or whatever amount of team season of, instead of the partners... That would have worked earlier in the game. However, with it slimming up and the teams that are also have less people, what's the point? Because it doesn't help. A partner. I, I honestly forgot this was a partner season. That's how long this season has been. <laughs> I really, I've just remembered. I'm like, yo, they was really playing the partners before. That's crazy. Yeah. This season, I, I don't understand. I don't get the mentality that these people have. And like we've been saying, the Vet Alliance is done. It's just everyone is after their own personal interests. And for me, it's just not fun to watch. And who are they going to go against? This is my my other issue. Who are they going to go against in the final? Because once they get to the final, from my understanding that this is supposed to be an individual com- competition. This is not actually partners. It's not supposed to be group winning. So ultimately, y'all going to have to start picking amongst each other and go, going against yourself. Once y'all get the other two teams out of there. So is that the plan? Yes. Okay. Well, then... That makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> but even in, even in that, I don't know who the weakest thing's going to be. Like, it's going to be tragic and it's going to be boring and annoying. And I'm not ready for that. If that's how this is going to shake up for the rest of the time and they keep winning and picking off everybody else. Like, I don't want to see that. I don't like <laughs> as much as he's trying his best. I do not want to see Josh in the final. I don't. So, yeah. <laughs> So another team has a little meeting as well, and that was Ruby. Amanda was not trying to have a team meeting, but they forced her over there, and they had a conversation just mainly about Amanda's performance in the daily. Nelson said that she didn't do anything, but literally, like we mentioned earlier, they didn't give her any actual directions. So what was she supposed to do? I guess she is supposed to freelance. She's supposed to freestyle it and just go off. Power of the spirit moved her. I don't know, to be honest. That whole scenario with Nelson and Corey literally just berating her about her effort and her not caring. First of all, she didn't want to be on the team. So that's number one. Of course, she's not going to give a fuck because she didn't want to be on your team in the first place. She was forced to be on the team. That's number one. Get out, get that out the way. Okay. This whole Ruby Pride situation that they have going on. Come on now. She didn't want to be on the team. On top of that now, the only amount of effort that you guys told her to do was just sit in the corner and watch. And when she actually does that, y'all get upset and say, oh, well, what did you do? Again, these two truly don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, like, I really don't. I don't have an answer. Because you telling somebody to sit in the corner and not do anything. And when she does it, you get upset and you yell at her. And you say, you don't care and you don't, you're responsible. Nelson tried to clean it up and say, oh, you're not responsible, but it's just the lack of you not, you not caring. When she said she doesn't give a fuck. Well, she didn't want to be on the team in the first place. So what do you, what do you want her to do? Lie? It was really them pitting the blame of team failures on her. She just got there. Y'all been failing the whole time. Like, don't pin all that on her. That y'all ain't did nothing. The- <laughs> The way that the team was constructed in the beginning, it was the Rickies and Kyle and Corey originally. It was going to be a mess from the start. And now it's just the stragglers that got pushed off. So it's just like, what are we supposed to do here? Like, y'all's issue that y'all have to figure out yourselves. Amanda just got there. Don't put that on her. And when she walked away, she was over the conversation. She's trying to be snarky, like, okay, then walk away then. Excuse me? She's over it. Y'all just on her for what? For what? I don't know why they want her to care so much. Because it's also not even a women's elimination. You know how we see how Amanda moves. Like, when Amanda's put against the corner, she's going to find a way out of it, no matter what team she's on. She's going to figure out a way to get herself out of the situation. This was a men's elimination. So that's for Corey, Nelson, and Logan to figure out. That's not for her to figure out. That's it. Yeah, because it, it was the, the back and forth. It was a lot. Nelson was telling her to take accountability of her actions. That's y'all's fault for being shitty team members. And Amanda eventually said, I'll play for other teams. 
and basically play for them and do what they want so that both y'all can go in and y'all can be with teams. That's it. Like, if y'all want to be with me, just, with, just go in and switch teams. That's it. So that's how <laughs> that little team, that team meeting actually did not go well. <laughs> so the next day, the Emerald Thought had another deliberation by themselves. And Devin put Logan on the table as an option because obviously he is the only male Ricky that is left that is up for grabs because Emmanuel is safe, obviously. And he wants to see Corey Nelson go against Logan, take him out. And I mean, that's just that. And that'd be all, basically, it'd be all right back with everything. So that, okay, going alongside the plan to get the Ricky Val, obviously, and the Alliance, quote unquote, is still intact. And Josh had the audacity to say, hey, I don't want to take Logan's name. So I'd rather pick Corey down. I mean, which shows where his loyalty stands to me that that now isn't even even a question and I like I said I don't know how they bonded throughout the season because this is the first time that we're really seeing them connect on this episode so I can't really call it and against his judgment and how he feels about Logan but Corey's been here longer with you playing this game so if you say that's your friend because again when Corey broke it down to Josh and said your number one was fussy he's gone because of you and now Corey is in the mix now because of you as well. So it Josh flip-flops a lot and he doesn't, he's not very sure in how he wants to move. He's very contradictory in what he says and how he moves in his actions. The other option was CT and they weren't trying to say CT's name. Like they literally weren't, which I have a problem with because Tori also brought up, okay, if you break the CT down, he goes home, we take out a big player, but they still don't do it. So it's just like, what's the point of bringing up CT saying, "Me, y'all not gonna put this man down for what?" This again, this mindset, which I also, I watching it, I'm, I'm taking issue with it all season. Is they everyone's going up to the rookies first, and to me, that it just doesn't add up. You don't even know what these players are gonna give you. You don't know what these players would do, but you know what C, what CT would do. He's gonna win. You know what other people are gonna do. They're gonna get to the final. They're gonna get somewhere. You know how these people are. So the fact that y'all are going after people that y'all don't know and how they play and that you can use to your advantage later on and try to get those people out first and then play against amongst your friends and then get upset when people win continuously because they can beat you. This mindset, it just doesn't add up. And this is why the show continues to lack anything, any flavor, any seasoning, because every single season for the last couple of seasons, y'all been doing the same thing and it's tiring. It's literally insanity. It's a loop. Just like how Ridiculous is played on a loop at MTV, <laughs> this show is on a loop of stupidity, okay? Because it's the same stupid shit every season. Y'all don't want to pick who y'all like, and when y'all try to, they come back and they win. It, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because, like, at this point, I want to say they're coddling CT, and CT don't need to be coddled because, like, that man, he he's ready to go in no matter what at this point. Like, CT came back with a, with, with a transformation, and he's been performing as the same for these past couple of seasons with a slimmer body and he can take out literally any of them so i don't even the guy like the guys most for the most part the girls it doesn't even matter because like they want to run because some of them really do want to run a final with ct obviously but it's just the guys it's just like what y'all want to run this final with ct for what because because this man is smarter than some of y'all and he got some better endurance and things so just like it's not gonna help y'all in the long run to me like we can bring up him getting eliminated in recent seasons but that's this point that's why on the bridge because he's managed to just stay under the radar every single time and it bites them on the ass at one point so it's just like pick what y'all want to do because like we said getting the rookies out that was stupid and dumb because now we have a stupid and dumb veteran cast that are giving us nothing so yeah that was the emerald team's little deliberation for nominations and when we get to nominations Devin said that is really undecided and it's true because josh pulled a wrench in it in the plan to get a ricky up because he's trying to protect logan and basically all the options on the board are up for grabs because they don't know what to do so all the guys went through their pleads to 
So basically not going all down, obviously. And CT wants to keep the truce going with um not with not picking a vet that's gonna probably come back. Cause like CT might come back. He he said he didn't want to be nobody's hitman. And I respect that because like he's not trying to do nobody's dirty work at the time. And he was wanting to stay with his misfits in the Sapphire team because they've gotten a little bit better over time. So he's going to stay with them. He ain't going to infiltrate. Nelson then apologized to Big T and Amanda. And this man stays apologizing to women after the fact. And it's a tattered. I mean, I don't know what you want to say behind that. That's 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 your boy Nelly T. <laughs> he's like, he stays popping off at the women on the show. And sometimes the guy who pisses him off. But it's just like, every time he does this, the apology, it runs out. And Amanda was like, it's the apology to crack a shit. Because he's going to do it every single time. Like, he does. This is what Nelson does. He yells and gets on somebody, on a woman, for what? And then comes back a day later and apologizes. Like, are you really sincere about it or not? Because at this point, this is another, it was multiple instances that happened. And it's just like, why are you fighting with women in the first place, sir? Why are you fighting with women? Because it's it doesn't give anything for us because it makes me it makes black people just turn off from him and I understand why <laughs> because this man is unhinged at times and it's very frustrating. I don't even have nothing for Nelson. I just I'm confused as to why they keep bringing up shit that's with their team in the deliberation. Like I'm sorry, I'm here to tell you we don't care. Like we don't care. Take that shit outside to wherever y'all staying at. When y'all outside talking amongst yourselves, do it there. But every single week consecutively, either Corey's mad that they they're not in gang colors. Corey's mad that this person want to leave. Nelson's apologizing because he fucked up. Like yo, take this somewhere else. We don't want to hear this shit in the middle of a deliberation. This has nothing to do with them. It does. Like take it outside. Take it outside, bro. You fucking up. You fucking up the deliberation. <laughs> that, that tiktok mean we do not care <laughs> yeah no even a voice i'm i'm here to tell you right now we don't care <laughs> um he mentioned to go on about his plea and he said he was going to save ruby he ended up going down and possibly coming back he would save ruby and then logan he said he would save ruby and then kyle he said if he goes in, everybody's up for grabs. Like, he doesn't care who he might pick. Like, he said, anybody, like, either CT, Corey, Logan, or Nelson, one of them's going against him. And he's ready for this moment. And that was a truth moment because his options, he stack a little bit with them as well. Josh proceeded to say that he's close to the final and he has to vote for his best interest. This whole, all, everything is not helping his best decision for who to pick because it's getting closer to the end. It's hard decisions. That's a shag of shit as well. Like, it ain't that hard, but I get it so off. Corey also made his case and said that everyone is up for grabs as well because he's ready for the smoke. And he also said, in this game, you never know what's going to happen, but he's just ready for, for war. And this was very dramatic, the way they did the reveal for who was going to compromise. Because on one end, like, people thought, like, probably Logan, probably Corey. But the way they did it was like, hey, the way it's, for me, it was, like, seen. It was like, okay, the fuzzy static on the screen, and then it was a commercial. Then it came back, and it was still doing static in then they did the reveal. I mean, yeah, I watched the same thing. I just fast forwarded though, <laughs> like oh. uh, between the commercial and just went to <laughs> went to the next scene. <laughs> it felt like it went too long too. And I was like, okay, get it over with now. They don't have but, nothing else to show, Megan. Like, what else are they supposed to do? This is the dramatic part of the, the episode. It was doing the most, but Corey ended up being the one that was compromised, and everybody was confused about what the hell just happened. Kyle was like, Kyle was so confused of how Logan, Ricky, managed to escape being the Emerald Zone. Nelson asked, how does this happen? And in his confessional, Josh said that Logan is a loyal person, and he's also number for his game. He's doing doing his best to try and save him. And Pip votes towards Corey. While Nelson was confused, Casey was like, go to our decision. I was like, okay, I guess. But Corey said that everybody except for Nelson, 
y'all ain't like get ready for what's about to happen coming for a guy's spot on emerald if he ends up winning this elimination and they should be worried uh, about what might happen so nelson and devin and Corey are outside. No, Devin and Nelson are trying to talk to him, and Corey's not trying to hear it. Corey said that Devin was like the one that matters behind it. Dead. Devin was not the one who did that. It was really Josh, because Josh somehow managed to get them to vote for Corey. That was not Devin, because Devin told Nelson that he wanted Logan to go in because Devin's role thing was just to like advance in the game and continue with the vet thing and get the Ricky out. But Josh, being a hypocrite, was protecting Logan. Yeah, I think Devin and Corey's back and forth. You know, Corey just hard-headed and not listening to anything that anyone has to say because he just doesn't want to hear the truth. To blame it on Devin, this is why I also said that if somebody infiltrates the Emerald team, my first thought is not to get Josh out, it's to get Devin out because Devin is the mastermind behind that team. But for Corey to now have all this, you know, smoke behind being voted in and, and going around and threatening... And saying, well, listen, now that I'm going down there, I'm going to go ahead and infiltrate your team, then pick Josh and Devin the next time and throw the challenge. Like, Corey had so much schemes that he wanted to do after the fact. When Devin said, and rightfully so, you, you don't threaten after, you threaten before. Because that's how Amanda got away with it last week. When Amanda saw what was happening and she looked and she said, yo, they're trying to vote me in. I'm letting y'all know up front, I'm going to infiltrate your team and I'm going to shake shit up. So you must not, you best want to choose somewhere else. And what did they do? They chose somewhere else. Corey, if you felt that this was going to happen, which I just think they underestimated Josh's input in the vote for Logan and they underestimated his relationship with Logan. And that's where the fuck up happened because Corey figured that he was his number one. He didn't figure that Logan was Josh's number one because that's what that's where the hierarchy lies now. Logan is clearly Josh's number one. So for Corey, you fucked up, bro. Like you put your trust. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is a second. No, I'm not doing this TikTok thing again. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> okay. It's the second season where Corey and Nelson are the trusting folk and it's bit them both in the ass. I'm just going to leave it at that. Josh and Fessy. And I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) And it's both Josh and Fessy. How, how, how convenient is that? (laughs) It's it's just funny. Like, y'all two have been here forever. Y'all be friends, these two folks that have not been here forever. And they're both, they both flip-flop. Y'all trust that they're both from the same cloth. They both have the same, you know, DNA in terms of how they move. It's shady. They're doing anything to get to where they need to go, which is to the final. And they're going to tell you anything you want to (laughs) hear. Nelson, this happened to Nelson last season. This happened to Nelson earlier this season with Kyle. And it's now happening to Corey. Listen, I don't know how they figure that y'all are so close. And and (laughs) Listen, Corey just fucked up by threatening after and not before. And I'm sure he's going to learn his lesson now in how he moves. He just underestimated how much of an impact that him and Josh and Logan had with each other. Yeah, because like, also, one word that is in my head right now, self-awareness. Because if he had some sense of awareness beforehand, he knew Josh would not have his interest in heart in the first place, okay? Bet you try and politic and get your ass out of the running to go down in the nation, like Amanda did. It's all brolic with him. It's nothing with strategy with him. And that's a weakness of this game. Like you said, you don't threaten afterwards because that's going to fall on deaf ears. But beforehand, before nominations, you pull someone aside or whatever, I'm coming to Emerald and I'm fucking shit up. You don't say that afterwards. But you, you, he really could have, if he threatened <laughs> devastating <laughs> in my head, the visual of him probably threatening Josh. <laughs> if it happened before domination, I would have liked to see that before. <laughs> so I was thinking about that. Because afterwards, when him and Josh got into it, that was stupid as well. I'm getting to that. Corey is still pissed. And he walked into the kitchen and him and Josh are exchanging words. And 
Corey proceeds to tell Josh that you had two instances where you best fucked up with your number ones, quote unquote. Corey mentioned Fessy and said himself, Corey, that's his number one. Get that out of your head. That's first off. Secondly, y'all ain't friends. I'm sorry. Like I said last season, y'all are not friends friends. Y'all are break friends. Get that straight. And then thirdly, I have a lot of points. This is a lot. If you wanted to go at Josh, you could have did it earlier because you had all these strategies in your head beforehand as well. You could have said something. I mean, Corey just don't know what the hell he's doing. That's where the ultimate issue lies. So I'm not surprised that he can't think one step ahead. Or have actually a plan. Like, yeah, he can have like strategy, quote unquote, but like there is no actual plan towards that. No, there's no strategy because the stra- to strategize, you would have to execute a plan afterwards. It's, it's just him talking. It's yeah. literally just talk. It's hot air. Yeah. And there's also in this instance, like as much I'm giving Corey some shit, I'm giving, I'm gonna give some Josh some shit too. Cause like we've been saying, Josh only does things when it's beneficial for him in the moment, not in the long run. Like he can say like, what's helping me in the long run, but in this moment, it's not helping you because someone can still easily come and take your spot. Like Logan can come take his spot. I feel like Logan is like a, a better competitor than Josh is at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really call the loyalty in terms of him and the relationship with him and Logan. But it's funny that that's what ended up happening, that he is all in on this one person again. And I'm I'm curious to see how this plays out further with him and, and Logan, because I can see it blowing up in Josh's face. Also, it's funny. He got on Corey for throwing the ball to Jeremiah. Now you're protecting Logan. It's like the it's same a thing. double standard. It's a double standard. It's it's contradictory. He just doesn't have a side to pick on. The side is what whatever is right in front of his face that can best suit him in that moment. Yeah. He's another one that doesn't think further ahead. He just thinks about in that moment and he's emotional. So there's that. Yeah, because you just met this man and you are call him close to your heart for what i get you have a good bond but at the end of the day this is a game you can play the logic card all you want but at one point that man can also outbeat you and that's just facts and it's gonna like you said it's gonna blow up in josh's face at one point and that when that happens also another thing but at one point Corey is just calling josh and everybody lies like we have no kumbaya ain't no vet lines you don't have my best interest in heart and all that. And he told Corey, like he told Nelson and Devin, if I have the chance with this empty threat, I'm putting you down. Like, I'm, that's it. But that's not going to happen, like you said. It's not going to work. And then Josh ended up telling Logan that Corey's either going to pick him or Kyle. And Josh told him, like, hey, I crossed Corey to protect you. And Logan was like, I don't care. Like, what, what does that do with me? <laughs> Like, John Logan did not give a single fuck at all. Yeah, I I guess that's just Logan's attitude. <laughs> I don't know if it's a, <laughs> a Spanish thing, but man, look at him and said, that got shit to do with me. <laughs> really don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, he's to look out for themselves. And Josh trying to look out for himself and Logan, that's a whole job. And Logan don't need to be looked out for because that's a grown-ass man. And he's not nobody's lackey. Logan is from Survivor. He bought that life. He's he be fine. So that's just that. And what well, Logan also did say, <laughs> if he was picked, he was gonna kill him. <laughs> so Logan is about to smoke, and he's just ready for whatever. Then right before elimination, they're all talking, and Tori is like, Corey's gonna pick Kyle because Kyle touched Devin. What? Corey's not gonna, like, as much as Corey and Kyle got issues a little bit, that man ain't gonna put him, put him down there with him. That's not gonna happen. As much as they want to say that it was so many people left that was feasible, Corey is not going to pick CT or Kyle. There was only one other option. We know Nelson is out the way. It's only one other person. And the person that everyone has been trying to clamor to get into there, which is the rookie, that they're trying to frame this narrative of getting the rookies out. That's the only other person that was there. So I don't know what the dramatics were for him. And yeah. that was it. Yeah, because like, Tori saying that made me like think like, you don't know what's going on that man said, first of all. Secondly, with the state of how the, the whole thing of Josh and Corey even happened, Kyle's off the table. Because I think at one I feel like eventually Devin and Corey had a conversation. 
if they got on, on a good page, like I don't think that would have happened because also because Kyle is a nation beef in his own right himself. So it wasn't gonna work. That wasn't a thing. It really wasn't. And so the alarm sounds for a nation and Corey, he gets a picture of him and, and his family. You know, he's doing it for Ryder and Mila. The lair. After Tira said, okay, Corey, how you feel being down here? Corey said that he thought he could trust people on Emerald, um, but they're protecting a Ricky. And he said, this sand, he picked up the sand as he was saying this. This sand, this is what it's all about. And this is why I come here. This is where you put up a shut up. And he dropped the sand down. And I was like, what is the, the dramatics? Honestly, TJ was looking at him like, yeah, okay, so who are you going to pick? Yeah, like, <laughs> because now you just here wasting time. Like, what what is this? This whole spiel, picking up Sam being so dramatic. This is why I played the game. This is why I do it for. And TJ's like, all right, so yeah, who are you picking? Because now you're wasting my time. <laughs> then he no, but then he picks a lot of try and go on who he was gonna pick. He was like, say like, okay, CT champ, whatever. CT said he wasn't his enemy, so don't pick me. Yeah, he said he hadn't. Always seen that eye of Kyle. He also went, had to take a moment to thank Nelson for everything he's done for him in the game. And then he was like, then there's the Ricky. That whole thing, I we didn't need him to go along the line and say different things about everybody. And he ultimately just picked Logan because he was the Ricky. He didn't even like say him by name. He just said the Ricky. And then Logan came down and he was like, finally, <laughs> what Ruby is going to win? <laughs> Actually, like that from Logan. That was funny. I was like, "Wait, Logan, I like Because Logan suffered long enough. Logan has been through the trenches with that, that was too. Hurt. <laughs> he was hurt. He got hurt it's for this. Sticking tired of you. <laughs> okay, so the name of this game is Rope Burn, and they have to begin on top of these spherical cages opposite one another, and they have to like whip the rope back and forth to get it out of each other's hands. And the first person to gather the rope, which is on fire. Got that uh, twice. They win the elimination and stay in the game. And Logan was like, Corey picking me was like the easiest and kind of weak move because he's scared of Callum CT. And I was like, okay, that's an interesting thought, but you know, it is what it is. So they get into round one. So in round one, Corey is trying to write the storm and trying to get a rhythm with the rope and try to fire out Logan. Um, at one point, Logan, Corey was close to pulling Logan off of the sphere, but Logan stood his ground and he was cool. As Logan was keeping his balance, Corey was hiking getting thrown around in that sphere because he was trying to hold on to the rope and he was almost slipping off the sphere. You know what? This is this was so funny because Corey talked all that shit only for him to really end up having to struggle for his life on that sphere with that rope on fire and logan like i've been saying he's a strong competitor so i don't know why Corey kind of underestimated i think his his opponent like he really thought like he had it in the bag and it was it it was done he was coming back sure bet and i don't i really don't know why because Corey has shown <laughs> time and time again that he does not have the strategy in the moment in eliminations like the last elimination he won was with Bettina. Why was that? Because Bettina had the strategy to help him and so that they can move along to actually win. It wasn't him. So it's just funny that Corey just has all this rah-rah for everybody. And it's just like, bro, what are you bringing to the table? Air. <laughs> and, it, and it's hot too, apparently. Because like, even Amanda was like, Corey does his, like the rope thing as a workout and she was so confused on why he didn't have a grasp on it. You do this all the time and you just couldn't get it right. So Logan ended up noticing that Corey's rhythm was just the same thing over and over again. And he was trying to find an opening to get the rope from Corey. He ended up doing that and he got Corey off for that first round. And I'm like, Corey got to get something to move and shake because he went to go off fat. And I saw people <laughs> really rooting for Corey <laughs> all the time. Like, or throughout the hashtag, I'm like, are y'all seeing the same thing I've seen? Because <laughs> this man, is, he is it, not looking great. I think the only reason probably why they were rooting for Corey is familiarity. Like, they're like, yo, this is a face that we know. This is a person who's been here for so long. Like, we want Corey to do well. 
And that's all well and fine. But from my eyes, I really didn't give a shit about this elimination. So it didn't matter who won. I thought it would have been interesting if Corey would have won and seen how he would have tried to come up with this infiltration situation. But honestly, I didn't have a dog in this fight. Like between Logan and Corey, it could have been flip a coin, any coin. It didn't matter where it landed, heads or tails. I wasn't choosing. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it didn't same. really matter. So same. the fact that everyone was probably rooting for Corey, I mean, I, the only thing that I can think of why is just the familiarity of Corey and who he is and on that show. I had no dog in this fight either, but really got, went out fat. So in round two, Corey was still struggling. Okay. He lost his grip. That's very stuff. So that was bad. And his butt was on his spirit the whole time. <laughs> just like try to get something to shake. And he then got up. And Logan said he smelled blood when Corey had took one of his hands off the rope. And Logan was like, okay, hey, bet, cool. Bye. Just snatched that rope. <laughs> Corey just fell. And everybody was like shocked. I was like, well, Emmy said this. Logan's also from Survivor. They did so much to try and get out the American fireplace, but they forgot people from actual other Survivor is still on the show. Like you said, don't underestimate Logan. He's big. He doesn't have like the popcorn muscles, if you get what I'm saying. I get what you're putting down. Okay, yeah. So Logan won this elimination. Corey also had a moment right after <laughs> it was over. I also got a little bit teary-eyed by that. A little bit. No, not a little bit, but I did. I, I will say I got a little teary-eyed. Because, like, at the end of the day, like, their friendship is a good friendship in just, like, the moments. And, like, Corey getting emotional about being proud of Nelson and Nelson's fight to try and win the money for his mom and stuff. I got emotional about that. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Good for you, sis. Because I didn't feel not one fucking thing i just was i was waiting for the i was waiting for it to be over like they spent about a smooth three minutes on Corey talking about nelson and how he's gonna win for his mom and how he's so proud of him and tell the kids i love him it was mad dramatic for no reason yeah <laughs> like i'm sorry y'all niggas is gonna see each other soon hang it up go home pack it up go home roger go home roger Go home. So Logan had a choice to either infiltrate or stay. Logan decided to infiltrate Sapphire, which meant he was like, okay, I'm going to pick Kyle. So Kyle goes back to being on the Ruby team. It was funny, though, because Kyle is not trying to leave CT's leg. Like, he really attached himself to CT. <laughs> He's like, I want to go. And Amanda welcomed Kyle back with open arms. Amanda was so petty in that moment. She's like, Kyle. Come on up back to Ruby. We're waiting for you. Come on, Kyle. She, I mean, it's so petty. We're, like, we're partner. We're partnered again. So we're, we're good. They come back, friend. Come on, partner. He was so petty. So, so petty. But also, Nelson was also pissed off, though, because Logan broke whatever pact that they had to stay on Ruby. That's the, now that's the only thing that's another issue for Nelson. Nelson, there's no honor amongst thieves. And honestly, people are trying to win. And nobody's winning on that team. So he had to move on. That's yeah. it. And that is that for us talking about the episode. As y'all know, every week we get into these tweets that we see on the timeline. This week is a little different. There's a couple of tweets from this week that I found interesting. So we're going to get into this. And some of the things that I had bookmarked, <laughs> some things we've already mentioned. Someone said, not three men who haven't done anything noteworthy on the show talking shit about Amanda. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because Nelson hasn't won anything. He's been to a final. That was it. Didn't win. Came a second of CT. Logan just got there. And Corey is an airhead. Lost. Corey lost. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Losers. Every single season... Nelson blows up at women and apologizes to them at the liberation. That's shifty behavior. And it is, it's a pattern. And that's disgusting. Someone says, this is funny. Corey better not lose after this corny, in parentheses, tragic mulatto speech. <laughs> okay. That, that, there's so much to unpack um, in that one sentence that you just said. You know, <laughs> Corey being big lotto is funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
But like I said, uh, that speech from Corey was so dramatic for no reason. Yeah. And he lost anyways. So down bad. Big lotto. Big remix. Sorry. The last tweet is, these vets are dumb as hell. CT has won all, if not most, of the past recent seasons. And yet, for some reason, they don't send them in. If he wins again this season... They got no one to blame but themselves, dumbasses. Period. That's exactly what we've been saying this whole time. They literally have been giving CT a ride to the final for him to beat them. And I don't blame CT for keep coming back because if this is the how the trajectory is for the next couple of seasons, honestly, <laughs> I'm going to keep coming back. Yeah. Y'all not going to keep putting me in. Y'all going to keep putting the rookies in. The only time that we ever seen that got threatened was... uh last season with Wes trying to put him in early because Wes it comes from that school of thought where you get the best player out you don't go after the weaker person first because if you can you take the weaker person with you and then beat them so yeah and that's all the tweets and that's really everything that we've been saying I would love to contribute to that and that was a lot you know what it was long it was a lot and I still feel like it was a lot of nothing just like that 90 minute episode <laughs> <laughs> To wrap it up, because I, I hear the uh, Grammy music playing in the background in my head. All right. <laughs> wrap it up. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening, though, to this. Even though we continue to trash the show, we are going to continue to watch the show. Yes. So please continue to listen. Follow our Twitter page at Dual Lines Pod, where we tweet about the show, either live tweeted or whenever we watch it. Interact with us there. Follow us on our personal pages. Megan's personal page at Megs and Hines. Follow Alicia at Ace underscore S5. And follow our YouTube page. We will see you guys next week. We actually have a double dose this week because All Stars is coming back this week. So we will have, we will sound a little bit more enthused in the All Star episodes. I'll just yes. say that. <laughs> and damn well, sure, no, I will because the rub will be back on my screen. That is all, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Thank you for listening and we'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs)